everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Coaching Call podcast. On this podcast, we'll cover various types of coaching by trainers in sports, martial arts, fitness, and business. We'll discuss each coach's methods to getting the most out of their respective athletes or clients and how they attempt to change the platform in which they coach. Join us on a fun adventure as we discuss unique coaching styles. Coaching is a universal part of how we get others to get something done. Join your host, Raphael, and his guests on this unique journey in coaching. Hi, I'm Sifu Raphael, and this is the Coaching Call Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. Amard, my friend, how are you today? I'm well. How about yourself? Exceptional. Getting better every day and super happy to be talking to a great great person that i've come to know and that's you (laughs) (laughs) i definitely appreciate you having me on yeah man so we we've had several conversations and i i love literally everything you're doing the, the way you're empowering people you know, you 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 literally just came back from a trip where you're doing things with people, but I want to get to know little Amard. <laughs> who, who were you? I love the book. You know, your book. I think I have it right over here somewhere. Uh, here we go. I I got to share it now. What? Right? Great book, man. So much to talk about, but let's get to to. When you were five, six, running around, what was it and who influenced you the most, would you say? I would say early on, um, talking about the early years, I always say that I was a guy who learned how to walk and had a pen in his hand almost immediately. That was, uh, <laughs> that was sort of where I, I came uh, full circle. Um, writing is my core. Writing is my gift. Uh, writing is what God gave me to be able to communicate to the world in the way I have. Um, sure, we'll get into a lot of the lengthy bio that has a whole lot of things to just sum up. Like you said, I'm just here to want to help and serve people at the greatest capacity that I can. I would say that the greatest influence would be uh, my father's, um, both of them. Um, only because the foundation, we have to always look at the foundation. Yes, we have mentors. Yes, we have business coaches. Yes, we have people who come into our lives much later. Um, but we see what happens when the foundation is not set. And the foundation was set early on uh, with my fathers. Um, they just were no nonsense uh, type of men, no excuse type of men. And early on, I, you know, I was, I would come home and I'd be complaining about something and neither one of them were having it. And so I think that that has developed not only my coaching style has developed my work ethic, but it is really molded me to who I am when I show up in the world. And it's just like, there's not an excuse that can be thrown out there as to why you can't go out and succeed. And so that comes from the foundations my father set for me. Mm. So which, when you talk about your fathers, which one had the most influence on you when you were five, six, seven? Well, the only father I had at the time was my biological father. And obviously at that young of age, um, he was he was a he was a petroleum engineer, so he was not home much. Uh, I think four or five times a year he would be home, so mm. I didn't get 
much from him in those early years. And, you know, he and I have talked about that a lot, you know, as I've gotten older, um, you know, even worked out like, hey, where were you? What was going on? And, I mean, when you're five, you don't have a clue. Right. Heck, when you're eight, nine and 10, you don't have a clue really either. Right, right. Um, but it, it took me a while. Let's just say at the time, I didn't understand what was going on with my parents at that time. But the beautiful thing was, is that um, that's how that's the beautiful thing about life and how life comes full circle, because over, I'd say, the past four to five years, uh, my father has filled in a lot of those gaps and and filling in those gaps have been meant a lot because now I can get the context of being a young man, asking a lot of questions, being (laughs) being a bit older, asking a bunch of questions. And now here we are. And it's a, it's been a beautiful journey uh, to be able to get that moving, and I'm I'm grateful um, for the contribution he played in my life. Just just even the unknown, not knowing why he wasn't there, um, I think that formed in me a, a fire to want to do more, even with that. That's 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 incredible. So it, it's it's interesting when we can as we get older, we can start to understand, right? Those things that happened when we, we were young, you know, and you talk about your younger years. Who would you say was relevant in your life back then? I know your dad was in and out. Um, who would you say was more relevant to your life? I, I would say if you're talking about, you know, preteen, early, uh, early development years, I would say the the coaches uh, in my life. I was in sports early on um, and coaches have really developed a lot in me. You know, I would say that they were father extensions, um, many of which those men I still keep in touch with today. I, mm-hmm. I recently had some run ins with them. Yes. Uh, some of the coaches who groomed me uh, in my in my teenage years, um, some of them are still in town and some of them are still coaching and. I reunited with a couple of them because it's it's interesting over the past 10 years, whatever school they're at, they typically book me to come speak at those schools. And so um, it just sort of uh, reignited something in me to realize like there were some pivotal moments in my life to where um, there's a couple of coaches in particular who may have saved uh, my mental state dating all the way back then. Of course, I didn't know it. I didn't know it then, but I was, I think about what would have happened if sports would have been removed in me, from me in those early years. And my goodness, I can probably tell you without question, you're not looking at this man standing and sitting in front of you right now. That doesn't happen. And no. so um, coaches in sports and there were a couple of uh, there were a couple of uh, others who came along the way. But I will say uh, my sports coaches uh, got the early nod in helping me develop who I am today. Mm. Nice, nice. So you earlier you talked about you doing what God has asked you to do, right? Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? Um, when I take time and I'm in prayer, I'm reading my Bible, I'm 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 getting into the Word, and I'm asking God to speak to me. Um, and this is an ongoing thing, but I think now it the age I am now, I think that now um, I'm able to understand what he's called me here to do. For one, he wants me to continue writing that, that I know without question. Uh, That's the foundation of everything I do. Um, But somewhere between the sports analyst work to the speaking in schools, 
to the ministry work I'm doing now. And just there's so many areas of my life, my, you know, many of your audience out there, you know, your your career sort of goes on a roller coaster, but then you start finding what's the consistency within it. And youth, young people, of course, I've scaled that age a little bit more. It used to just be teenagers. Now it's going into the young adults. But everything I was doing, whether it was nonprofits, whether it was small businesses, whether it was schools, whether it was churches, whether it was community centers, whether it was giving back, whether it was working with these different groups, I realized the common denominator was the youth. It was young people. Mm-hmm. And so I have taken that as a sign. And of course, I'm still allowing God to speak to me now. If he if He wants me to change course, so be it. But I do think that he's put me on the earth at this time for this hour to 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 pour into to young people who are just being bombarded with information all over the place. And many of that, much of that information has not been to the benefit of them. And I want to stand in that gap. And my calling is to work and empower young people, especially the young men um, who many of them are trying to, you know, look for leaders. Some of them are lacking purpose. Some of them are just trying to find, as one young man shared with me recently, just looking for that fire, looking for that next step like that, man, where am I, where am I supposed to go? I'm, I, I feel like there's something I'm supposed to be doing. And, you know, we, we take all the dirty clothes, we take all the rubble, we take all the mess and we just put it in the middle of the floor and let's sort through it. Let's find mm-hmm. some diamonds in that thing, man. And let's just be able to put them in position to be able to win. So that calling, that yearning, that knowing, um, God has given that to me and, and I'm leaning in on it. And <laughs> at this point in time, doubling down. <laughs> I love that doubling down, right? M- making it count, right? Because that's what you're doing. You know, one of the things I, I definitely want people to to follow you because uh, you know what your story is. And and by the way, I got to tell you, I truly, truly enjoyed reading your book on uh, why. And, and I want to get into that story as well. But I want people to follow you. So at one point in the private chat, just put in your links and then I'll throw them across the screen for everybody to follow you. For sure. So when we think about what you talked about, God, and, and, and you're doubling down because you even said, if he tells me to do something else, so be it, I will. Where did that faith, that, that deep faith come from? I think just the trial and errors of life. Um, I always jokingly say I've tried doing this thing my way and it just doesn't work. Uh, you end up in a lot of roadblocks. You end up in a lot of bear traps. You end up in front of a bear. Mm. <laughs> Goliath, <laughs> call it what you want. Just just adversity that you cause on yourself, which um, I take full responsibility for uh, the trials I've, I've faced. I, I don't need to look to anyone else and say, oh, you know, you caused me to be there. Hey, I'm a, I'm a willing participant, even if I was aggressed by someone else. Um, I chose to participate. So I, I have to look in the mirror and take all of it. Um, the, the faith for me came uh, at a time when, when tragedy hits, when you, you're, you're faced with something and you're just like, my way is not working. And, you know, Obviously, in the Old Testament, you know, God speaks and says, my ways is the higher way. Mm-hmm. And I decided to lean in on that. And of course, I've been reading more on that lately. 
Um, but even before I was reading at this level, I realized what I was doing wasn't working. So I needed to change course. And I've, you know, Raphael, I've, I've made, I've made deals with God definitely when I was younger and, and just saying, you know, how about this? You know, like you're talking to someone and negotiating a business deal on leasing an office or something. I say, you know, if you wake me up tomorrow, how about I try a new thing? How about I do it your way? You know, I'm reluctantly talking to mm. my heavenly father, you know, and it's like, let's try something new. And obviously I've, especially when I did that, when I was in my late twenties, early thirties, um, it definitely bears some fruit, you know, books were written around that time and, you know, new career moves were made during that time. And I really think that was like the first step of what I would call new money, new opportunities, but really what I didn't realize at the time was it was new service and new service always brings about fruit. Um, which, Faith in God helped me realize is that you give first. Mm. <laughs> I know you give first right. and then all the other things will be added unto you. Seek first the good, seek first the kingdom, seek first God. And then all these things will be added unto you. Um, I know I've tried the opposite and, you know, it can work temporarily, but man, it runs out quick and, and the crash is usually pretty bad. So my faith was strengthened through mainly through the trust of saying, you know, I, I don't have this figured out, but I know you're all knowing and you're all powerful and you can make that happen for me. Mm. You know, you said something pretty, pretty powerful where a lot of people find God in a moment of despair, in a moment where everything else is failing. And I like the way you said, you know, most people say it's my way or the highway. But I like what you said, it's it's my way or the higher way, right? It's the better way. When we think about so many people don't really find God. They temporarily find it until that solution is solved. And then they go away from it. And, and then they forget. Right. So, but you didn't do that. You continued once you, you went through that time and you said, you know, great, but I need to continue on this journey. What propelled you to say, this is the truth. This is really what I, not only was I seeking, but I found it and now I don't want to let go now. <laughs> you know, when you've been through multiple divorces in your life, when you've gone through many tragedies, when you've gone through untimely deaths, when you've gone through, you know, jobs and broken promises and just highs and lows like a roller coaster, you realize like you can't let the emotional side of you take over. Mm. Um, we have to stay, you know, we have to, as best as possible, we have to keep our emotions in check, our feelings in check and make decisions that may not feel very good. I think, I think many a times we, society's always telling you, hey, do what you love, do what's bad, do what makes you feel good, do what's passionate and things of that nature. And I'm not negating that that could be the case. Um, but life is seasons mm. and you must keep the boat steady as best as possible through the seasons. You say like a lot of people find God, you know, when, when they're in the valley <laughs> like mm -hmm. the song, and they're in the valley and it's the sh shadow, there's darkness all around me. 
But like you said, as soon as they get out of the valley, as soon as they are able to strike up a match and light a fire and like now things are good, it's just like, oh, do you abandon those principles? Well, when you've had that seesaw moment where you've gone up and think that you think that, see, the thing that is missing a lot of times is you think that what you're doing is about you. Mm. And it's not. Right. It's the service. It's it's how you're making others' lives better. I mean, I just, you know, look over in a corner and it says, you said that you need the founder of five unique shows. What, what is the purpose of those shows? Those shows are to empower. Those, so, those uh, shows are meant to, to, to bring awareness to something. Maybe it's for a particular cause. But at the end of the day, it is to either solve a problem or make people's lives better, which is also solving a problem. So when you get to the place where you're looking at your life and saying, how can I use my life, my talents, my skills, my God-given abilities to make others' lives is better, now you got it. And then from when you start seeing success, when you start getting out there and start pouring into other people, it's still not about you. You're still supposed to be thankful to your father. You're still supposed to be thankful for, for gifts that you didn't deserve but you're supposed to give those to others. So I, I try to stay in the flow where it's like, <laughs> regardless if I'm in the valley or if I'm on the top of the mountain, I'm just like, thank you, God. Every morning I have a, I have a, I have a routine. It's not really even a routine. It's become a commitment that I do every morning. I'm just like, thank you for what, for this breath, for life, for this, for this, for this dwelling I'm in, for the resources, for my health, for my family. Like you, I mean, the list of gratitude that you can express can go on, I mean, much longer than we're going to be on this recording, right. on this podcast, right? And Absolutely. so I, when we get to that place, when we get to a spot where we understand that we're put on this earth for something bigger than our own life, mm. and that through good, bad, challenging, messy, whatever it looks like, you give thanks you're grateful. You're giving back. Mm. You're giving from an overflow. I have more than enough. I've been blessed more than enough. Man, I need to share these blessings. Why? Because my father calls me to do so. And that is when my mindset shifted after doing it my way, going back and forth, back and forth. And I was just like, you know, I think um, as much as I can stay on this righteous path, and I'm not saying that I'm perfect and I'm always on top of the game, but it's like every morning I wake up and say, God creating me what I don't even know I need to be able to go out and do your work. I love that. I love that. And and one of the things that, that you just talked about is gratitude, right? Gratitude for me is, is everything. The fact that I can feel my fingertips, the fact that I can taste something, the fact that I can see something, the fact that I can walk, the fact that you're right, I have a roof, right? I, I'm able to connect with amazing people like you, that you and I have created this friendship. And our friendship is going to go for forever and ever. I know that already. But when we are communicating with him, how do we find, and I know it's taking the time, and, and truly listening. And I know a lot of people don't know that. And I know you have found it. I have found it. So many people are still wondering, what are they talking about when they say they communicate with God? 
what does that mean to somebody who is looking for something, who is looking to, how do I hear? How do I understand? Would you mind sharing? Absolutely. And I, I, I think that everything begins with prayer um, and, and really trying to help unpack life, you know, in the busyness of life and this, you know, we have these things at our disposal. Um, we have internet. I mean, people are watching this probably right now on their phone or iPad right now. And there's so much flowing through them at a, at, a, at any given moment. Sitting still is what needs to happen, first and mm-hmm. foremost. Um, we teach in my church, uh, First Fruits, and a lot of churches do. Um, your first and your best goes to God. What does that mean? That means that the second you wake up, it's not check my phone. The second you wake up, that time belongs to God. The first the first breath you take is in gratitude. And, and your illustration of all of those things you can be grateful for um, is beautiful because that is that's definitely a teachable moment because when people are in those moments where they're trying to figure out like, what am I going to do with you know these different things in my life? You need to be grateful for what is. And I know sometimes that's not easy. You know, it's, it's, it's tough to praise God. It's tough to be thankful when you're in the valley and it's dark, right? You just lost someone you love. You just, you know, got downsized or laid off from a job. Your, your, your business collapsed. Um, you know, you, you had a, a, a sit down with your doctor and you're, you're wondering what those next steps look like. It's, it's not easy to be able to be grateful in the midst of that, but man, God is a, is a healer. God is a provider. God is everything. God knows everything. And so I, I would say the first and foremost thing is to always be in the be in the mode to where you're in constant thanksgiving. Pray without ceasing. Mm. Right. And in the world of business, sit still. You know, even even I tell people like even when you have like a uh, whether you have a Bible plan or, uh, or some kind of daily reading or whatever. Put the, don't get the, don't get it as a PDF, get it as a physical printed copy. I know that seems archaic, but what I want you to do is I want you to detach from technology and get back to the basics of a pen and a pad, right? I want you to get back to where if you go steal away on a beach somewhere, there's no technology, but you can express the love, you can express the gratitude, express the good in your life. And that comes from detaching and connecting with with God. And I'm not saying God is not in everything. God is in the phone. But you know what else is in the phone? A lot of notifications, a lot of Instagram, (laughs) a lot of social media, a lot of text messages, a lot of group text messages, a lot of WhatsApp, group me, pick your poison, right? So when it's time to connect with our father, it is time to like pulling unplug from that which keeps you distracted. And you know it keeps you distracted. I know people are like, oh, I can keep it under control. Yes, up to a certain degree. But I want you to take those first moments, last moments, and throughout the day and give praise, mm-hmm. give thanks, stay in prayer. And when you do that in that relationship, because see, I think people don't understand. People look more at the relationships of the earth and don't realize that the most beautiful and only relationship that matters is the one you have with your heavenly father, mm-hmm. right? Because the other relationships don't exist without the relationship with your heavenly father, right? 
you don't exist without a relationship with your heavenly right. father because you because of him you live move and have your being right mm -hmm. and so when he's first all the other things will will come together as they need to and so when people are trying to say well how does god talk well god knows you god created you god can speak to you through anything god mm -hmm. can speak to you through a billboard god can speak to you through uh, through a text message. God can speak to you through a radio, a podcast. God can speak to you through, through, a, through a child you don't even know at the grocery store. God can speak to you through a magazine cover that you didn't even intend to look right? God knows who you are and knows what makes you tick. You know, I always say, God God hits me through billboards. I don't know why. He just feel like, there's always a billboard where I'm just like, ah, I just can't get it. It's just like, good enough isn't. It's a bank I don't even use, but I was caught by that. And God connects to me through people whom I've not met yet. Mm. Somebody come up to you and you'll, you know, you'll see them at the grocery store and say, oh, excuse me. Oh, no, excuse me. You go right on ahead. You know, and they'll, they'll make a comment and you're just like, whoa, <laughs> I didn't know I needed that. And I know that it was the greatest thing I needed in that moment. That's how God speaks to us. God speaks to us in so many different ways. And that is one way when you're in tune and you're paying attention yeah, and, yeah. and expecting faithful expectation is when you get the word from God direct yeah. downloads without a doubt without a doubt well Tony Chico says blessings brothers thank you for all that you do and thank you Tony for joining us and, and you know just coming in and I, I love when, when people participate and, and, and they say things that will resonate with other people because you know, God blessed me with you, right? Because you and I have had several conversations and everyone, I've always walked away with that great feeling, right? And I know that there's a connection and somehow we were meant to meet, right? There's always an opportunity. I always, I always do SEO, right? Search for every opportunity. It's not search for engine optimization, but it's search for every opportunity that presents itself. And then what do you do with it? Because a lot of times people are not listening to the messages that are being put out there. So you say that God speaks to you through billboards, but, and, and then you said it could speak through to a child, through a friend, through a new connection, through whatever, even through a text. Uh, but a lot of people are literally not open to those messages. I, I want to shift shift away from, from and, and I, I love this conversation, but I want to shift into your sports, you wanted to be in, in, in a professional athlete. That didn't happen. Where was the shift? When did you realize it? How did that come about for you? Oh, well, you know, most of my life I did, I did play ball, um, went to college, walked onto the football team, 28 guys tried out, two of us made it. I was one of the two. And so I made the roster. We won conference my first year. I was on the scout team and would have probably moved up the depth chart some, but at the same time, I don't think a starting position was in my, in my future, but I do think I would have gotten to where I was in rotation. 
but in college, I was faced with a with a with a challenge, and the challenge was I can continue playing ball, and probably would have had some opportunities there. However, um, financially, things back home weren't so great, and I'd already been I'd already started work when I turned fourteen anyway, and I went to I went to I went to work um, almost as soon as I got on campus, and that was just what needed to happen, and so I learned. I just picked my hustle back up when I got down there. So even though sports was part of my life, um, that aspect of sports was not part of my life. But then all I did was pivot and jump back into where I started, pen in hand, writing about sports. And that's when I jumped into the newspaper game, jumped into the online blogosphere game and uh, college football recruiting. And so, you know, it was it was a it was a needed it was a survival and a monetary decision to to walk away from sports. Um, you know, sometimes in life we have to make those tough calls. Um, again, that's why I say, you know, when people say, you know, do what you love, do what you love. And it's just like, yeah, there may be a season where you don't get to do what you love. The, the do what you love may be 10 years down the road, but you need to do what's needed now mm-hmm. to be able to get to where you to where you love. You know, like they say, when you get to that point where your 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 money's making money for you and then like you're passionate about, you know, landscaping, planting trees, uh, maybe it's knitting, whatever your passion is, but you have to do what's needed to be able to do what you want. Mm-hmm. And life is in seasons. And, I, and, and I, I, I'm always fascinated when society is telling like 20 year olds, like, you know, don't take a job unless it's something you absolutely love. And it's just like, that's horrible advice. Horrible. <laughs> you need you need to do what you need. Now, if what you love gets you paid too, man, go for it. Yeah. But most of the time, ninety percent of our people out there, they don't they don't get that luxury. They have to maybe take a job that's going to pay the bills so that they can do that on the side because that on the side hasn't become profitable enough for you to be able to you know pay your mortgage and pay your utilities. Yeah. And so I I, I shifted away from sports only to get back into sports, but in another form. Mm. So I guess to still be part of the game. I still need to be in the game. I'm just not playing the game anymore. What mm. I, I now I watch I watch I watch football all the time, NFL, college, even the XFL and the USFL. I would love to be out there. That time, that season's over for me. That season's been over for me. And I need to accept that. Mm-hmm. The closest I can get to it would be to coach some of those guys to be back in sports media, maybe even get into the actual coaching, you know, going into these locker rooms and doing some chalk talks with them, which I still do. That's as close as I'm going to get. But as far as putting it on, you know, maybe I can get with some guys out in, you know, in a, in a grassy patch out there. Maybe we can throw the ball around a little bit, but <laughs> playing on playing on TV in front of, you know, millions, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, that's over for me. Mm. But I find the love in doing what I do now. And, you know, I, I, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. I love the, f- the fact that you talked about different seasons, right? Um, I also call them stages, right? Because we can all get on different stages in our life. Um, we can all go through different seasons. I mean, in a year, most places has, have four seasons. And uh, unless you go somewhere where there's only one season, which where would that be? would that be right but life life is not always going to be what we expected because the unexpected always shows up 
So when you're in that valley, right, and then all of a sudden you, someone comes and lifts you up. It's it's like that old saying, right? And the guy's on the roof, and there's there's waters coming around, and the, and the water keeps coming up, and and he calls out to God. You know the story, and mm-hmm. he calls out to God, and he goes, "I need help." And so somebody comes by with a boat, and they and he goes, "Come on, no, no, I'm waiting for help." So and he keeps turning people away, and then he finally reaches out to God and goes, "Why are you not helping me?" He goes, well, I sent all these people to you just didn't answer, right? So when we think about when somebody gives you a hand, I believe that that person was called by God to help you, to bring you up, to help you wherever you are. Even if you're already high, God may want you to go higher, right? You may have millions, but because God wants you to do more, you may need billions. Mm -hmm. So we can't think of rich people as, oh, they're no good. No, the rich people are good if they do good with their money, right? Remember, when we help one other person we're doing God's work right when you decided and I love the fact that you said that earlier in in the show you talked about you were born you started walking in with a pen in your hand right so that's that's incredible because the way you write man the words just they became life when I was reading your book, it, I, I felt everything. And it, it goes to show it wasn't just somebody who threw something on paper. You, you had your thoughts. You had your skill that was given to you. And you shared it with other people. But what made you decide to write your first book? <sighs> Man, my, my first book and... I think all of my books have come out of deep tragedies, mm. deep adversities, all self-inflicted. Uh, I blame no one. Mm. Um, so my first book was was written out of a at a time when I was on a high, or I should have been on a high. Let's just say that. Twenty nine years old, bought a house. You know, had a nearly brand new car. I was working for Fox. I was on TV all during the fall traveling to all these awesome stadiums, covering like high-end athletes. I mean, just the best of the best. These guys are going to be stars Mm. on Saturdays, man. I was getting to see all of them right at the peak going into into college football. And I was living it up. Um, Had a solid job as well. So I was making really good money for my age. Again, I bought a house at the age of 29 without my parents even knowing about it. And Mm. so I was living what would can be considered the American dream, but uh, a relationship that had failed on me or that I failed it, you know, who knows? It was over either way. Um, and I never really got any closure from it because it just came out of nowhere. And it was one of the, you know, for the guys out there, you know, when you're coming up, it's like that first relationship you get that you really lean in on and you're just like, all right, this is the one I'm going to, you know, put all the, 
you know, childish stuff behind. I'm going to lean in on this one. Well, the relationship was over. And I remember going into a deep depression and didn't know what to do with myself. And it was it was some rough times. And I was having a lot of conversations with, with God that were just like, man, this is kind of rough. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing out here. But I said, I'll tell you what, I'll make you a deal. Um, clearly, I'm I'm clueless in this situation. So mm-hmm. why don't why don't I do this? I was like, if you wake me up tomorrow, you know, I'll lean in and I'll do what you're calling me to do. And of course, clearly, you know, that must have been almost 20 years ago. He's like, yeah, you know, here we are. And so then I'm looking at the fact that I'm a sports writer. I'm working with, you know, college football recruits. But for me to get out of my funk, I hired a mentor. I started getting on the books, right? You know, the, the, the big ones. Think and grow rich. Mm. You know, I'm doing who uh, richest man in Babylon, who moved my cheese, inspired destiny. And so I'm like, wait a minute. And I was obviously the primary book I jumped back into was the Bible. And I'm like, all right. So I have all this knowledge over here of spiritual and personal development, but I'm still a jock. I'm still mm. a guy. I just want to be in locker rooms. And so I married the two and wrote Awaken the Baller Within, where I did the same thing that Pauline Hill did. I just did it with athletes. And so I wanted to know the mindset. I wanted to know what made them move. What, you know, you're successful on the field. What's the mindset behind your success? Not the talent, the mindset behind your success. And so Waking the Ball Within was born out of, you know, a depressive state and, and understanding that not only can you not do this alone, it's almost impossible for you to do it alone. Mm. You need, you know, you need your community. You need a right hand man. You need an ally, you need an accountability ally. You need this in your life. And, at that time, I was really just trying to be, you know, a renegade, doing mm-hmm. it on my own, you know, because, you know, as guys, we feel like, you know, it means more if you do it on your own without anybody right. knowing about it, which is just idiotic, by the way. It's because you realize that, you know, iron sharpens iron, men need one another, we need to be able to hold each other accountable, and it's not, you don't need to figure things out on your own. The smartest thing is to put enough people around you to where all the answers are there. You know, mastermind session, round table. We, we like all these examples are just like, oh, I want to I figure this out on my own. Like you think there's credit for figuring it out on your own? You mm-hmm. think you, you earn more money or is it just an ego thing to make you think that you did it on your own? Which even if you say you did it on your own, you didn't. Right. <laughs> you didn't. But I think we have to go through that developmental stage where, you know, where we go through the hero's journey, where we have to go slay the dragon. And the dragon most of the times is us. It's our doubts. It's our fears. Right. And so that book was was born out of a lot of just swinging and missing. And now, without question, I don't even think I make hardly any moves without checking in with with people who I love and trust and Mm. and who will guide me in a direction like I'm asking 172 questions of a lot of people, you know, and, you know, I just met you, Raphael. So get get ready. I mean, your, your, my list for you is going to be coming soon as well to your to your doorstep, and then we'll work that out from there. But the, the bottom line is that once you once you connect with people who whom you trust and whom you feel like can bring you value, um, that's where it comes from. And so, Awaken the Baller Within was born out of the idea that mm. um, what's the mindset behind success? I just used it from a sports and jock type uh, <laughs> language. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So you did mention something, and and I'm just going to have to bring this up because you did talk about 
heroes and being that we're having a heroes event, I might as well bring up this right here. Here we go. Heroes Rising Apex is the highly anticipated business event of the year. This gathering of industry leaders, entrepreneurs, authors, and visionaries promises to be a game-changing experience that will inspire, educate, and provide networking opportunities. Get ready to immerse yourself in a world of innovation, strategy, and collaboration as we embark on an unforgettable journey of learning, growth, and success. Join us in New York on July 14th through the 16th. Go to heroesrisingapex.com for tickets. So yeah, I listened to every word you said, and you said heroes. I said, I got to play that. <laughs> and rightfully so, rightfully so. I'm absolutely looking forward, looking forward to that, um, to, share with, to share with the hundreds, thousands of people who will, will, will pour into New York and, and, and look to be poured into. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, man, it's just, it's, it's a great time to be alive. It really is. Even in the, even in the midst of people like, man, like, isn't this the worst time? I was like, no, it's the best time. There's so many opportunities, man. You have, there's so many opportunities to just level up and do some great and amazing things because it's a lot of people out there who are hurting and, mm -hmm. and, and, they're, and they're seeking answers. Right. And it's beautiful because we do this work, but aren't we seeking to, mm. aren't we always, are we always like, like the, the, it seems like there's nothing to do under the sun, but it, it it doesn't matter. There's always more opportunities to be able to 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 seek more knowledge and to provide more value for others. And I think it's beautiful. You, you know, <laughs> you just created a thought in my head when you said, "Oh, there, there's nothing to do," and then it gave gave me that thought of people who watch TV. I don't know how many channels, three hundred, whatever, four hundred channels, and then there's nothing to watch. Well, guess what? Get off the couch. There's a lot to do, right? So we can, we can pick up a book. We can pick up a great book, right? Um, and when we grow, we should think of growing constantly, consistently growing. Because for me, and I know for you, when is our last day on this earth? We want to look back on our life and say, yes, I made mistakes, but I learned from them. And then when I realize that I have a gift that I can share with the world, I did it. I didn't hold back. And that's the opportunity that a lot of people are missing to give back, to give to others. Don't be a taker. Excuse me. Don't be a, I get so emotional. Don't be a taker because that's what everybody's doing. Be a giver. Give more of you. Learn more to give more. Earn more to give more. Earn millions, billions to give to those. And I'm not talking about give to those who are takers, give to, to those who are in need, who may be givers, but they don't have anything to give. So what do they do? They, they live, right? So everybody who we can help, help them without expecting anything in return, right? 
that to me is a giver because it's, <laughs> here's the funny thing. And, and it's funny when I see young people interact because they'll say, Hey, I need a favor. Sure. What are you going to do for me? <laughs> so it's, it's not, I, I need a favor. And then the other person says, what am I going to do? For, what are you going to do for me? It should be, I need a favor. Sure. How can I help? That should be the end of it and never look for anything in return. When, when you wrote, I'm going to keep holding it up. When you wrote this book, it was inspired by that, that title. I want to, I want to tap into that for a minute or two. Um, if you can tell us, for somebody who didn't read the book, and, and I think everybody should pick up your book because it's a great read. And it's 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 a book that it's like when you pick it up, you're like, oh, I, I can't wait to get to the next part because it's it's that kind of book. So tell us a little bit about the title and, and how it came about. So now what um, came out came from a reuniting with my birth father. Um, after our second or third split between the two of us, we have a very complicated past and we, we laugh about it now. Um, but at the time, man, it was, it was rough. And so it came from a conversation he had the night before I graduated from college. Mm. Um, he flew in from Egypt, um, came to the, to the, to the large Texas town of Nacogdoches, Texas. And it's, it's in East Texas, uh, oldest town in Texas, but it's not, it's not that big. Um, that's where my college was. He flew into there. I mean, I don't even, I don't even know what the level of stars of hotels are there, but you know, we do our best. Uh-huh. And it's a love, it's a lovely, beautiful city. And so he he we met at the sports bar I worked at. And you know, I remember just sitting down across from him and I was just like, All right, go. You know, I've heard mom's side of the story our whole life. Why don't you just uh give me yours? And so he he shared with me a lot. And the interesting thing was is it was good to see the other side of some of the stories that I'd heard from my mother. And it wasn't that my mother didn't tell me the truth. There was just more to it because you're only getting it from one perspective. Mm. So she can only give me her perspective. And his was, you know, there was some gap, there was some gaps to need a feeling. And he filled a lot of those gaps. And I was grateful for that. But then I remember I looking over and I was just like, okay, so we have this strange relationship, but you know, why are we here? How did we get here? Why did you not come through in the way I did? And I remember him just kind of taking a deep breath. I mean, we're three or four or five rounds in on drinks by this time, too. So I'm just, you know, we're in it. And they just looked over and were just like, you know, now what? Let's just say what you said was true. And at the time, I was just like, is he kidding? But then over time, I realized, like, that's true. Because somebody out there is probably looking right now, uh, Raphael, and they're sitting there like, let's just say someone's nine years old. Dad's on crack and his mom's in jail. It's not his fault, Mm. but he has to deal with that, right? He caused absolutely none of it. He's a a child, but you have to deal with that. Mm. And so I want people to look at things from that standpoint. The now what is, yeah, there's a whole lot of mess going on around you. It is not looking too good, but you still have to live with the problem. Now, 
to be fair, most of our problems are self-induced, especially once you cross over like the age of like 20, 18. Like, yeah, you're it's all you, you know, for the most part, most of what you're dealing with is you. But no matter what, you still have to deal with it. And so now what just was birthed out of the idea that like. No one's going to give you understanding to that, you know, when you're 25 years old and there's 10 of you all going for this job. Right. The the boss is not going to go through and be like, well, you know, his mom walked out on him when he was eight. You know, oh, man, this guy, you know, this guy lived in a foster home. Oh, this guy right over here, man, you know, his his dad was a CEO. And then next thing you know, he lost everything like they're not going through and doing that. As, as much as that's a beautiful story. What is the employer looking for? Can you do the skills at a rate that I feel like paying for this company? That's it. And so. The game of life doesn't owe you understanding, but you owe the game everything. Mm. And so you have to, now what looks at the idea that like, I don't disregard what you've gone through. I don't disregard your problem. But what I want you to do is, is in addition to that, in spite of that, because of that, let's find a way to find a win in here because there is one. Because the fact that I'm actually speaking to you in the flesh right now, there's a win. And so we build from even even just the crumb, right? A piece of a brick, right? You don't even have the whole brick. You don't have the whole staircase. You don't have the whole of anything. You may have a pebble, you know, but they always say you throw a pebble into a still waters and what do you have? You have a ripple effect. You just need some tools to be able to take yourself from this ground floor, rock bottom, woe is me, it's all bad situation to try to find a new way to move into a new life. And I feel like no matter what, um, there's an opportunity for you. One of the profiles I actually used for this uh, was a guy I've known for many years. Um, I think he had four felonies, five children, divorced twice, you know, got a felony rap sheet. You know, he, he could do some trades, but he lost all the things he needed to use to do the trade in the mm. divorce which means now you got to go back and do the things that got you locked up in the first place. Like <laughs> it was a, It's like, it's just a never ending rabbit hole of what's not working. And I'm just like, Oh God, you put this one on my plate. You put this in my life. Mm. Okay. Why don't you, I'm going to need some help from you to figure out how we're going to get through this. And so some of the pro one of the profiles that I created within now, what to be, cause I wanted to take a, a, a full, proof near worst case scenario and, and say you know with god not all things are possible but it's like on earth what is probable with god all things are possible but on earth we have to work more in the probable to get to at least get off the fence and so i wanted to find a tough one of the toughest case scenario and say when god puts someone like this in front of me because he will because lord knows he's doing it right now he's not sending me softballs right now he's sending me fast pitch blazing mm -hmm. randy johnson type roger clemens type fastballs right now and what i'm dealing with with the youth you know like what should be impossible situations to deal with mm -hmm. and so i need to be i need to, i need him to create in me what i need to be able to help these these men in these situations and so now what was birthing the idea of being able to lay out a simplistic plan to be able to help someone to get from step one, two, three, four, 
and five. And there's going to be some success in there. And you might have to bring that, rotate that, that and repeat that all over again. But I want you to get to the point where, where when you wake up in the morning, you feel just a little bit better about life. I'm not saying you're going to wake up feeling whimsical and happy. I just mm-hmm. want you to feel a little bit. I want you to feel a step above wanting to do some harm to yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And just inch that thing forward because you're in the gutter right now. And I'm trying to send you a lifeline down there. I want to bring you up here, get you a shower, get you a fresh set of clothes. And then we start from there. And that's what I want to do, you know, with the mindset and, and, and their and their, and their outlook on life. And now what just really a, a addresses all of those needs very head on and very aggressively. Mm. I, 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 love, I, I love what you just, and people don't understand necessarily unless they've been there the shower and the fresh set of clothes, right? Because people don't realize the, the, the power in that for somebody who hasn't had it, right? Somebody who's down on the dumps, who a shower is that cleansing, um, that, that washing away, right? Uh, of the dread, of, of the self-doubt, of the, the fear, right, of, of all the insecurities that we have, and then a fresh set of clothing that can talk to you about a new beginning, a possibility. And I love the fact that, that you brought that up because a lot of people don't see the power in that. And thank you for, for bringing that up. And, and I emphasize it just to make sure that everybody sees the powerful words that you're using. To, to really uplift somebody. So you are, Amard, creating change for the youth, for young men. But you also started recently working with young adults. When did you realize you wanted to start working with, with the youth? Um. Obviously, the youth started with me being a sports writer coming out of college and seeing what they were doing. And obviously, at that time, I was just writing articles on them about where they're going to go to college. Mm. But then through that, I saw the need to help some who maybe fell through the cracks to get to college. Mm. So that's where the mental performance coaching came in and working with them and helping them get scholarship money and things of that nature. But now we have another crisis, uh, Raphael. <clears throat> and that crisis is, is that I don't know what some of these colleges and these advisory boards of these colleges are doing, but there's so many of our young people coming out of college four or five years later and just ill-prepared for life on every level, right? Especially professionally. You know, they could have, and obviously if you come from a good home, you have parents who kind of helped you uh, get through some things, but you got to understand some of these people went to college. Some of these people grew up in a house where their parents are, you know, blue collar tradespeople, And not to say that they don't understand the game, but they may not know all the nuances of college. Mm. And they may be like, all right, you know, go talk to your advisor, go talk to your Dean and trust them in that man. The, the amount of useless, the amount of useless degrees in the streets right now, man, for goodness sakes, we could, we could heat a small country. Mm-hmm. If we lit fire all the worthless degrees that are coming out of today's colleges. And so I try to catch 
most of my guys before they go to college to mm. be a do you need to go to college number one and b if you're going to go what do you want to do right. and going to college meaning if there's not if you're not going to study something that's going to result in a job or an opportunity to earn money I, I'm sorry, I can't justify spending $175,000 to $225,000 or more on an education that has no ROI. Mm -hmm. Like, like there's, a, there's a degree right here to the left of me. You know, most of the wealth I've created is not because of that degree. It's beautiful. It looks good. I mean, I got my first job probably because of that. Everything since then, boom. It's funny. The first job out of college mm -hmm. I got, I was making 10 an hour. The job that I didn't need a degree for paid three times that. Mm. Just like that. So it's about what skills you're bringing to the market. And so I sit down with my guys and say, what can you do? And I'm talking about guys as young as 14 years old. Mm. Uh, I want guys earning early, right? I don't want you sitting around. I want you to get off your parents' payroll as soon as possible. I want you to mm. go buy maybe a third of your school clothes. Go buy those fresh pair of shoes. Your parents take care of the necessities. If there's a pair you want, you go purchase them. You take care of your meals on a weekly basis. But I got guys up to, you know, and 14, it's like, what can you do that earns money today? Mm. What skills do you have? Oh, well, you know, I, you know, I got a lawnmower. Good. You can cut three grasses a week. Start off at 40 or $50. People look at you and say, you know what? A young man is out here trying to do something. They'll probably tip you. But if you're if you but start off at a certain rate and then now we start making a budget. Okay, so if you do three yards a week, that's $150. That's $600 a month. Okay, how much of that are we going? First of all, are we going to tithe? Are we going to save? Where are we going? Where where's this money going? Right? We're going through the nitpicking because I want them to get into the mode of earning early. Right? I, if I hear one more 30-year-old saying, I, I deserve something, I deserve a house, I deserve a job, I deserve health care, I deserve for you to feed me, I, you, don't, you don't deserve nothing you earn, right? Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to get into young people because I'm tired of the conversation around what you, what you think you deserve. You deserve nothing. And I repeat that, you deserve nothing. You oh, earn, including respect, including resources, including insurance. You don't deserve a job. You earn a job. Why? Through your skills, through your apprenticeship, through your giving, through your service, right? And so I want to get my guys. That's why I think I'm kind of scaling younger. I used to be, oh, 17. -ish. Now I'm going back to 13 and 14 because they're mm -hmm. starting to earn money. So I want you to go ahead and get on this train early because what I don't want is any more useless adults because we got enough of them, right? You, so everybody has them in their family. Somebody listening is like, yeah, you know, cousin so-and-so. Yes. I'm trying to get them before they end up useless on your doorstep, asking for loans and, and, you know, late into their 30s because they have not leveled up in any area of their life. So I want to get to them to where they become purposeful, fulfilling tax paying citizens where they're not leaning on someone else. They're leaning on others for advice, but they're not they're not learning. They're not, they're not leaning on others to try to think that they're just going to be given something. That's not how the game works. Right. right. The game works is that you go out and earn and people show you respect. And, and it's interesting when you go serve the greater number of people, what ends up happening? More opportunities come your way. Mm. And people just miss that. And so I want to get those young, I want to get those young guys early and be like, uh-uh, mm-mm-mm. You, you um, the game of life is never going to be fair for you. Ever. Right. 
I want you to get that completely out of your head. It will not be, it'll be just, but it will not be fair. Never will be. Nor do you want it to be. <laughs> Pay attention where we're going here. Nor mm -hmm. do you want it to be, right? See, we need to learn more. We need to go back and go back to the basics. We need to go back and learn from nature. We need to learn from when you plant a seed, what happens under the soil. We need to watch what happens to the caterpillar when it turns into a butterfly. We need to know what's going on in that cocoon, right? You don't want a free lunch. Mm. You don't want uh, uh, the yellow brick road. You're not Dorothy, dude. You're a man. <laughs> you want to make something happen, right? You earn, you build. You link up with other men and you build, right? We dig this trench out here because you know what? At the end of the day, you can scream all you want about all the stuff that you want. There's no safety net for you. Mm -mm. There's no parachute coming for you. There's no one who's going to just, there, there's no, there's no governmental structures to come save you, which is why you see the homeless epidemic being what it is now too. Mm -hmm. I, I call it the ETR, right? Earn the right. Earn the right, earn the right to, to even speak up and say what you want to say, but have the freedom in your heart to say it without necessarily feeling judged because I, I need to have people pay for me. No, you need to find a way to pay for yourself because you are capable. You know, I learned the right at an extremely early age. 10 years old, I got my first job. I was a tall kid, so 10. I was working at a bingo hall. I was making $100 a week. And the reason I got that job is because I would ask my dad, the ice cream truck was coming, and I would ask him, all the other kids are getting ice cream, but my dad would look around and go, the, the floor needs to be swept or this needs to be done or that. And I was like, you know, I'm tired of asking. I will provide for myself. And so when the opportunity presented itself, it was my friend's brother who was older, was working at the bingo hall. And I said, you work there? How often? He goes, well, this, I said, can I work there? I'm 10 years old. And he goes, I don't know. I'll find out. And he goes, yeah, you can work there. I'm like, great. They didn't even add because I was tall. I was as tall as, I think he was 16. I was as tall as he was at that time. So they said, sure, come on in. I, they were paying. I didn't even ask how much. They just paid me. So I had a couple of shifts, you know, like it was like three hours, a couple of shifts a week. I was making $100 at 10 years old. I was like, cool. I didn't ask my parents for anything from the age of 10. I bought my own sneakers. I bought my own ice cream cone. I bought my own sandwiches whenever I wanted a sandwich. So for me, understanding the value of me was huge. So earn the right to take care of yourself and don't look for others to help you. It's okay if they want to help you, but you need to help you first, right? We get on an airplane. We all know that saying, right? I don't even have to say it because we all know what I'm going to say. But here it is. You have the right to help you first, always.
Man, you what said a mouthful there. You, you what is a, it that, that you are embarking on next? Because I know you, you're doing so many wonderful things. I know we're going to wrap it up shortly, but I just want to get to know. I know that, you know, booknowwhat.com is going to get people to read the book I read. And I know I can't wait to see you in New York. You're going to be on our stage. You're going to be, man, every time you speak, I am like, yes, yes. I am hearing somebody who is inspired. Not only, here's the thing, right? I think there's a phone call. Um, Yes, I need to. So you, there's a lot of people who speak because they want to hear their own voice. But you don't speak that way. You speak because the words that you're using are inspiring others to become more. So I want to thank you for that. It's, it's awesome. So what, what do you have in the works? I'd love to hear it. Oh, man. I, I was just looking over that right now. I was contacting my video guy. Um, first and foremost, got have to show love. Um, looking forward to mid-July. Uh, be down in New York. Heroes Rising. Apex. Looking forward to that. That's that's at the time. And it's, and it's interesting because there's a lot going on during that time. Because the second I'm done with that, I'm back on the road. Um, to Austin. And then as soon as I get back from that, I'm going on a mission trip with my teenagers. Mm. Um, We're going to go um, help build a church we have started planting last year. Um, Right now, going into the summer, man, we got got gigs coming up. We'll be Austin. I think we're doing some stuff out in Dallas. Um, I'll be back uh, making trips to go deal with my young, my young, young, young kids, my K through five kids. I'm working with the Boys and Girls Club. Nice. Uh, we just put the, we just uh, we were about to sign the contract for that. I've been with that group for going on four years now. Um, first time I started working with K through five, um, you know, I, I took I took, you know, principles we teach in, in seminars. And I'm like, how do I teach that to a five year old? <laughs> and so we've been able to do that and uh, and teaching them the basics. Uh, Raphael, love, respect and gratitude. I feel like that's a good starting point for anything. And so we start that as low, low as uh, five years old. So I'll get back to my kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, and fifth graders. Um, I'll be working on that. Obviously working on some, some new curriculum, uh, some new programs. I want now what to, to, be, to be a household name and household book for, for a lot of people. Uh, and obviously this, the work with the ministry, man, we have, we have a guys night coming up. We have our youth conference coming up. We got a serve day coming up. Um, Man, it's uh, it, it's it's been it's been it's been a ride, man. It's been a ride, and you know, I, I th- there's so many thoughts going through my head because you say so much is going on, but man, it's it's such a blessing to be in the midst of so many great and amazing guys, man. So if there's there's someone out there looking, man, like please don't try to do the game of life on your own, man. There's so mm-hmm. many people who want and. and you know, someone told me something one time, Rafael, and we're going a little off, off key here, but I think th- I think this needs to be said. There was a time when I used to kind of push back against people trying to help me in so many different ways. And I remember I was staying with a gentleman after I got displaced from my house. And 
he was like, you know, why didn't you come stay with me sooner? And I was like, hey, man, I didn't want to be a burden or whatever. And he was just like, why would you disrespect me like that? Mm. I'm like, dude, like I'm on a nuisance. I'm staying in your house. He's like, no, what you did is you blocked my blessings. You didn't allow me to bless you. And I was like, and I never saw, I never thought about it. When people want to do for me and you decline it, you block God's flow. Mm. You stay, you turn, you turn the faucet off of God's goodness. That's and true. I didn't, I didn't even think about that until he had said that. And so I'm grateful for the men who poured in, who pour into me. I think one of the men who pour into me, I think is actually in our chat right now. Um, <laughs> shout out to him and, you know, shout out to Tony and shout out to Jared, man. Um, two good guys. Both, both I can see are family men. I, I know one of them, but I seen Tony's picture, uh, full family. Thank you for taking care of that part of society. We need more, we need more healthy, large families out here. We do. Uh, more, more guys out here producing more good young men and women, right? We're, we're, we're at a shortage right now. Let's, 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 let's get it back up. Um, but that's, that's, that's where I am right now, Raphael. We, we have a lot of irons in the fire and I can't say every day is easy, but I can tell you what it is. I can tell you it's fulfilling. Yeah. Um, um, I, I, I don't seek happiness anymore. I seek fulfillment. Mm. I seek service. Um, mm. Because I know that what I'm doing comes with a cost. But as I share with um, the parents of my teenagers at the church, I said, when I walk into here, I'm looking to pour out. And I'm looking to pour out everything. Mm. Everything. If no every holding time back. I, you say what? No holding back. No. If I walk in there after being charged up uh, from, from God, and I walk in there and I have to unload everything and I need to be dragged out of there in a wheelbarrow every time because my teens need that. Sign me up. Call me an Uber. I don't care. Mm. That is how important the game is to me. And and I hope to convey that, you know, in New York. I hope to convey that every time I step on a stage. Um, but I thank you for providing these types of platforms to be able to pour into others because the game, the people are hurting. Right now, just mm -hmm. walk out into the streets and talk to people. There are people looking for answers everywhere. And this is time for the real saints to, to stand up. It's time for us to come together and be able to help our fellow man in any way we can. And I'm grateful for guys like yourself, Jose, and the many other people who are going to be on a panel with us soon to be part of the solution, to, to bring us back to a place to where we can look at each other and say, you know what? I think I want to fight this thing called life. I think I want to get in the game of life one more day and just take it one more day at a time. And and guys like you are providing that platform with your shows, with your, you know, with your studio and with the different companies you are starting. Um, all of that's needed and all of it's essential. And don't let everyone, don't ever let anyone tell you that what you do is not essential because we've already been through that nonsense before. Everyone who has a business, everyone who has a platform, everyone who contributes, everyone who has a service is essential. Everyone. And so we need to lean in more on that and restore those those different concepts of life that that we need right now. We do. We do need that. And, you know, anybody listening should definitely come to New York and, and check you out on stage and so many other amazing people. But but here's here's the thing you talked about. This gentleman said to you, you blocked my gift. <laughs> and in Chinese culture, if you go to someone's house and they offer you food, even if you're full, 
you don't say no. Right? You take a bite, you take a little bit, but it's 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 their giving, it's their nature when you because being I teach Chinese martial arts too, that that kind of <laughs> understands. So when somebody comes to my house, I'm always offering, always. It's like, how can I help you? What can I do? And then the other thing is when I go to someone's house and my children know this, I am beyond respectful. If I walk into somebody's house before they say a word, I take my shoes off hmm. because I don't want to bring dirt into somebody's house. I don't want to bring whatever garbage is outside. And I don't want to bring my mind full of garbage either. So I empty myself when I go into somebody's house. So how can I be of service? What can I do? I've been to people's homes and they're like, yeah, I need, I need this done or that done. And I'm like, I'm here now. How can I do it? You know, I have the skills. Can I do this for you? And they're like, you would do that? You're my guest. I'm like, forget that. We're here. We're together. Let's let's handle whatever it is that we need to handle. Use me, you know. And they're like, "Well, you charge a lot of money." I'm like, "I'm not charging you. I'm in your house." You know, I came as as your guest, and then, you know, this is what it's for. So a lot of people don't understand that sometimes God has put us there to help one another. There's a reason for everything. And if we can stop looking at it as, a, you know, what's in it for me type of deal, right? That radio station that we all listen to sometimes, but we start to going in into it is what's in it for them. Change the radio station. And it's like, what can I do for you? Change it to that. Make it about honoring who you are as a person. I think that goes a long way. So when somebody comes to my house, I am respectful of whatever religion they have. And, uh, you know, if, if there's certain things that, that I need to do to accommodate them, I do. If I go to their house and they need me to do certain things to accommodate the way they live, I do that. And so I am always welcome at many people's homes and no matter what it is, because I will abide by whatever the rules they have. So for me, it's, it's, it's about entering into someone's life open. That's why I take my shoes off, right? And I come in with nothing, but I'm there to serve with everything. So I want to thank you, my friend, because you are truly exceptional. Well, Raphael, you just you just laid the people on uh, on a very great principle of of, of a service first mindset. And I, I challenge a lot of people when they're when they're dealing with certain things and. Someone out there is listening, uh, maybe in between jobs, maybe part of that, these layoffs that are going on at these tech companies at Disney mm. and all these different places or whatever. You know what a minister friend of mine told me, um, man, this must have been like 10, 15 years ago. 
He said the first thing he tells people when they lose a job is to go volunteer somewhere. Not get on Indeed, mm-hmm. not get on LinkedIn like we're streaming on right now. Don't get on anything. Go find somewhere to volunteer, a church, community center, homeless shelter, whatever. And I had to sit with that for some hours because I needed God to speak to me through that through that understanding. And that, that was part of a larger principle. And it's like, think about it. Even when things are going well, you should be doing that. When mm-hmm. things aren't going well, you should be doing that. Your heart needs to stay in service mode all the time. There is no other way. Trust me, there are people out there who have tried it, you know, <laughs> and, you know, Raphael, if I can give your your people a, a tip on the gratitude side of things and just to really sort of push this action item, the call to action, you know, mm. yeah, we could tell you how to scale your business and all that. No, 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 no. I want to, Let's go a little bit more foundational with this. And I think I'm going to bring something very similar to this to New York. Yeah, you know, like, hey, how am I going to get to my first million? How are you going to soothe your soul to put you in the right mindset to be able to create the first million? Let's start there. Mm-hmm. I want you to look through your phone. And most people have a bunch of contacts in there. Many of them they've not looked at in, in a long time. I want them to send two completely unsolicited and hopefully their number is still the same. And I, I, you know, just text someone who, who, you know, you still have contact with, but you just don't contact them as much as you should. And just tell them that you love them, bless them and ask them if there's anything you can pray for them for. Throw those, throw any combination of those two or three out or all three together. You do that for one to two people per week. If you want to jump it up to per day, that may be a little aggressive for you not getting the habit. But do that every couple of days, do that. Mm. And watch how God works, right? Someone is going to be in a moment, in a moment where they're just like, oh my goodness, I've been looking for a sign. You probably are the sign. Allow that to allow that to be what's what's for you. And and I do the same thing with, with, with thank you notes. And I know we have all these digital cards or whatever. No, I'm talking the old school, man. Go go get you a pack of 50 thank you cards at the store. You're talking about spending seven or eight bucks, upwards of 10. You're in New York, so maybe 15. So <laughs> may cost you a little bit more. But under 20, go get you some thank you cards. And I want you every week. To get to 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 write a thank you card to one person a week mm. out of nowhere, just put a message in there, something that they did for you, some moment you all had together, and just send out one a week. So that's four a month. After one quarter, you're talking about twelve of those letters going out. You watch how the game works, how things just come together for the good of those who serve Him first. Mm-hmm. It, it seems so little, but it's so major because we're so digital. We're so text message. We're so email. When someone holds something in their hand, it Oof. does something different. It has a different feeling to it. it. It has a love to it that you just don't get in a text. And and I want you to do those things and, and watch how all the areas of life, 
your physical, your mental, your spiritual, your financial, right? Your emotional, your professional, right? You'll be wondering like, how did I, what did I do to get this raise at this time? It's, it's off season. Mm. Hey man, you planted good fruits. That's right. You planted good seeds. And you know what you did? You pour some water on them. You tilled away the weeds, the the the, the land. You you're, you're getting that going. Because whom you bless, the blessing doesn't typically come one to one. That's not how this works. Mm-mm. You bless Raphael, and Jose blesses you. You bless Brenda, and Bill gives you an increase. Mm. You bless little Johnny, and Katie comes through and buys you lunch. That's how this works. The person you bless, they'll be grateful. And they may do something directly for you. But your blessings typically come from places where you are just like, I don't even know where that came from. Raphael, the the gig I just got back from, I don't even know how those people found me. Mm. I don't. I had never heard of the company before. Never. And what's crazy is, not only had I not heard of the company, I hadn't heard of the company that founded me to speak for that company. (laughs) How does this happen? my brother. (laughs) How does this happen? Right? But when your heart is, like you said, not about what am I going to get, but whom can I serve and what can I give to make this person, this moment's life better? Right here, Mm. just this time, this time in human history, this time you and I are having right now is the only time that will ever exist. This will not come back around. And so in this moment, what are we going to do to where we're embracing what this is and pouring into someone whom we don't even know, from what country we don't even know? We don't know where this replay is going. Mm -mm. All we know is in this moment, we feel good about serving the greater good of those around us for those we know and don't know. And for the most part, we're probably going to bless someone whom we don't even know their name. We don't. God bless them for putting up, putting them in our life, for them finding this recording, for listening in this moment, for that person who was crying and looking for an answer. And maybe Raphael says something that just is delivering you from what you're going through right now to where someone's life could be changing while we're speaking right now. And I want us to embrace that for what it is. Mm. And if you think from that standpoint, every time you interact with someone where you say, how can I make sure that when this person walks away from me, their life is better? Whew. You don't even have to text me. <laughs> just, just, walk, just walk by me with a nonverbal smile and be like, yes. that's it. That's everything. It yeah. is. It is. My brother, you are totally a blessing. So thank you. We, we always judge without knowing, right? We look at a person and we judge them, maybe the way they're acting, but we don't know, maybe something caused them to act that way. Maybe somebody just died. Maybe they lost their job. Maybe they were attacked. And when we just show up and and, and you talked about walk by and pass me that smile, every day, every day, I have to smile because of my gratitude. I do the first thing I do in the morning. I can smile. 
I have this. I can smile with it. It's a gift that was given to me so that I can share it. So I can share it with you. I can share it with everyone who I encounter. Amart, you and I can talk forever and ever and ever. And we will always keep just throwing things at each other. And it's like you and I always playing this basketball game, right? You shoot, I shoot, you shoot, I shoot. And, and we can play for hours and hours. But I cannot wait. Literally, I'm a hugger, man. I'm going to have to hug you when I see you in New York. So just, just remember that's going to happen for sure. So I, I want to thank you for being here today. And uh, any, any, any last words of advice that you may be able to give someone who is looking to step up? Lead your life with a service first mentality. I don't care what you do. I don't care what industry you're in. I don't care what business you run. I don't care what you sell. Um, there's three words that I say need to be included in every action I make. Service, gratitude, and impact. Mm. Every action I take during the day needs to involve those three. And Raphael, I'll close them out with a quote my which is so ironic. My father actually texted me this morning. Beautiful. His quote is, live the best life you can, then give it all away. Live the best life you can, then give it all away. Mm. God bless everyone who's listening to this right now. Oh, yes, and, absolutely. And, and go and be in peace. Yes. My friend, always always a pleasure all right thank you and i look forward to our next conversation everybody have an exceptional day because you are beautiful